Hello, everyone, and welcome to... Oh, the 10th episode! We did 10! <laughs> we made it to 10! We We've done it! <laughs> the 10th episode of the DNA Football Talk podcast. I am one of the hosts. My name is David. I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Anthony. Anthony, how are we doing? I'm doing great, man. We're at 10 episodes? 10 episodes. That means we've been doing this for 10 weeks straight, man. And now we are finally in football season. Training camp started, man. Oh, dude, I can't wait. I'm seeing all the clips and the pictures of just everything from training camp. It, it just can't come fast enough. Oh, my gosh, man. We are just... Just weeks away at this point from regular season football. We're only a week out from preseason football. I mean, let's do it, man. I am pumped. We got some we got some stuff to talk about. We got the NFC breakdown this week. Who or the NFC South breakdown this week? Who's gonna win the NFC South? I don't know. We're about to get into it though. That's why we're gonna talk about it. Julio Jones is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, though. Yeah, you get um a guy who hasn't been good in about four years, so congrats. Yeah? Hey, listen. <laughs> all right? Don't knock it. All right? But we got Julio Jones to the Buck Bucks. We're going to get into that. Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, they seem to be having a true battle of who's going to be the number one quarterback. So we're, we're going to get into all of that. Prayers up for Ryan Jensen. Doesn't look good for him. Uh, so definitely some question marks about who's going to fill his spot. What are some of the options? We're definitely going to dive into that. And then it looks like Marcus Mariota is Atlanta Falcons guy for the time being. So we got some stuff to break down. So let's just dive right into it. Julio Jones to the Bucks. Now you say he hasn't been good in four years. He's been injured. What do you? What what, what can you say? But. One-year deal for $6 million, up to $8 million with incentives. So um, definitely, I mean, if you look at it for Julio Jones, that's a bargain. Yeah, if the guy was making at $1.22 million a year. Now you're getting him for on, a, on a $6 million deal, essentially, with up to $8 million. I mean, uh, he, he could be a game-changer for you in the red zone if he's healthy. Yeah, if he stays healthy. And, and the good thing about it is, is that... With the Bucks losing A.B. last year, Antonio Brown, um, you know, especially in kind of the way that he exited, just leaving in the middle of the game against the New York Jets while the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were down at the time. My goodness, man. Um, I would probably walk out on them, too, if I'm not going to lie. But anyway, so he he might be the new Antonio Brown. They, they brought in Russell Gage. Russell Gage is a solid slot receiver, especially with the compliments of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on the outside. But now you really you, you really do bring in a a guy who can truly change the game and is a big target for Tom Brady. Yeah, cuz you want to give some give him somebody in the red zone outside of Mike Evans and bring in Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, he's nice in the red zone, but you got Julio Jones, like, <laughs> yeah, like well, the guy's a freak. The guy's a freak of nature, yeah. And that's the thing that I like about this signing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's not that he's going to come in there and be the the guy. He doesn't have to do that. He can come in. He can kind of almost be like a reliever. You know, he can play in Mike Evans' role when Mike Evans needs you know to to come off to the sideline. He can play in Chris Godwin's role if you know so he can just kind of be a rotational guy. So he can see definitely a lot of field action this year because you know he can kind of be in the mix of it all. But just think about this right now. Tampa Bay is lined up on offense. 
Tom Brady's in the shotgun. You got Leonard Fournette off, off, you know, to the side of Tom Brady, right? And the off back. Then you got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, and then you got Julio Jones and Scotty Miller. <laughs> like, I mean, who do you cover? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, especially if he can stay healthy and you know, Tom Brady is the kind of guy who he's going to elevate really everybody on the whole team. Like, yeah. So you you can't really count Julio out, even though he has been injured. But to go from Ryan Tannehill to Tom Brady, that's that's a game changer. Oh, for sure, it definitely is a game changer. Um, I mean, now granted, we have seen Ryan Tannehill kind of come up a little bit as far as his quarterback stature. Um, I mean, he was under Adam Gase, and that was just a, a bad situation down there for him. Um, so, but yeah, from Ryan Tannehill to Tom Brady, that's night and day difference. And, you know, like you said, he Tom Brady automatically elevates the team. But it's not only that. It's Julio Jones is a guy, and a lot of these guys that are on this offense watched Julio Jones play when they were hoping to make it to the NFL. Yeah. It, you know, so he has that veteran presence in the locker room. He can kind of coach some guys on, you know, some different techniques that he learns. So he doesn't need to be the guy. And that's what I like about it. It's, I feel like it's a perfect fit. It's definitely a surprise because I, I knew that the Bucks might go after him because of the rumors about Tom Brady reaching out to Julio Jones after he left Tennessee but I, I just had it in my head that Julio Jones was going to be an Indianapolis Colts come the start of the season because Matt Ryan's with Indianapolis. They need receivers. It just makes sense. And they have the cap room to definitely pay him what he's really worth. Even at this point in his career, Julio Jones, again, at $6 million a year, I mean, that is that is dirt cheap for that kind of guy. Um, and again, what he can bring to the team Outside of his physicalness, you know, on the offense and just what he can do if he's healthy. Again, that's the big kind of question mark around him. But I think he can stay healthy. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know if you know this, but it was the the Bucks, the Colts, and the Packers that were trying to go after him. And supposedly the Bucks were the ones that were the most aggressive in getting him, and he wanted to go to a championship-level team, which kind of hurt me because I, I – he didn't see the Packers as a championship caliber team then, and if that's if that's the case, you know. And look, as much as I, you know, you know, bust on your chops and everything else like that over the over the weeks, and we just have fun, kind of going back and forth. Obviously, I'm a Tampa Bay fan. You're a Green Bay Packer fan. But at the end of the day, Green Bay. I mean, the Bucks and Green Bay are kind of really the only two NFC relevant teams <laughs> right now. I mean, let's really just be honest. But there's the Rams. The Rams are still relevant. I keep NFC. forgetting about the Rams. I don't know why they just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> but I always forget about the Rams, probably because they're just over there. They're on and they're in California. They're in Los Angeles. <laughs> you know, it's like they're on they're on a different planet. And <laughs> so, but um, but I mean, still to to. Well, maybe, I mean, it, just because he didn't choose the Packers doesn't mean that he doesn't see the Packers as a championship team. It just means that the Green Bay Packers do what the, did what the Green Bay Packers do, and 
don't pay guys. I mean, Unless if your name is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. If we got to ride the Aaron Rodgers train until, until that dies out like you with Tom Brady until that probably leaves after this season. But... <laughs> Again, the rental. The rental. But... Yeah, the Packers are obviously known for drafting and developing their players, and then once they're about a year before they'd be leaving their prime, we trade them, let them walk. It's kind of the Bill Belichick move, too. Yeah, and, and we're our scouts are good. We're we're just really good at developing our players, you know. But, yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, if you if kind of going back to Julio Jones, when you look at prime Julio Jones, and you look at the team that was around him, he had Rodney White. As the other wide receiver on the team, he had Tony Gonzalez. Now, granted, it was an aging Tony Gonzalez, but Tony Gonzalez is Tony Gonzalez. And he had Matt Ryan as a quarterback, who is not a bad quarterback at all. So, I mean, when you look at that and then you kind of look at his current team, he has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, and then Tom Brady throwing him the ball. You know, so, I mean, can we see prime Julio again? That the prime Julio was a different animal, man. He he was he was fighting with Megatron as the best receiver in football in his prime. Like that, that that there wasn't a route he couldn't run. There wasn't anybody he couldn't run past. He he was the man in Atlanta, and he he, he isn't that guy anymore. And it's because of the injuries. Yeah, definitely the injuries have set him back. Hopefully, he can stay healthy this year. Um, and just to, to kind of tie in with that, Ryan Jensen goes down and he goes down in ugly fashion and we hate to see it especially the first week of training camp ryan jensen the starting center for the tampa bay buccaneers goes down with a very bad looking injury to his knee we're expecting we don't know all the full details about it um i still think that they're waiting for the you know official mri and you know, reports from the doctors and everything, but it just looks like he he's probably going to be out for the year. Yeah, it, it, I, I, when I saw the tweet that he went down on the on the field and they had to cart him off the field, like he couldn't get up on his own accord. That to me that screams ACL tear, but that, nothing official yet. But that that that's what it looks like to me. Definitely. And, like, I didn't see – I mean, I don't know if there's any footage of it, and I don't, I don't necessarily want to see the footage, but I don't know what happened. A lot of people have, are saying that it was really a freak kind of injury, um, but the reports that kind of came out with that that day was Ryan Jensen was obviously in pain on the field, through his helmet. I mean, obviously that shows that he's, you know, not happy with – Probably what he know. I mean, he probably felt something, you know, and probably knew pretty early on what this is looking like. Um, so we hate to see it, but now that's a big hole in the center of that offensive line, who already got a little weak losing Ali Marpet and um, Alex Kappa on either side of uh, Jensen there with the two guard positions. So now we did get they they did get Shaq Mason. The the Bucks got signed Shaq, or no, they traded. For Shaq Mason, who is a very versatile guard in the NFL. Very good, very established. Um, And so maybe he goes to the center and we can... We can get someone, maybe J.C. Treader. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, at one 
at one point, yeah, J, J.C. Treader, he he's one of the better guards in football. And you got Shaq Mason, who's a viable option, and he can move into that center position. And then it's a matter of who's going to play the other guard spot. Do you, do you put uh, Luke Odecki in there, or do you have Stinney play? It's a, it's a battle for, for that position at that point. Yeah, and I mean, they, they well, they drafted Stinney um, in the second round not that long ago. I, I want to say that it was in last year's draft. Um, or maybe a couple of years ago, and then they got Luke Gadecki in this year's draft. Um, so, and they were—I mean, it was an open competition going into training camp. So now that Jensen is down, and again, it looks like it's good—he's going to be out for the year. Which, man, we hate to see that. I mean, we hate to see it for any player. Period. You know, at the end of the day, I'm a diehard, you know, Bucks fan. You're a diehard Packers fan. But if someone goes down on the Saints, or if someone goes down on the Bears. You just hate yeah. to see that. Yeah, you yeah. just you just don't like to see it. You want everyone to stay healthy. Unfortunately, in the game of football, injuries are going to happen. You know, you're going to get banged up. But for it to just be this early in the year, ah, oh gosh, man, yeah. and he just got paid too. He just got paid, and he he was probably looking to have a career year at this point. Like, probably, I would I would think so. <clears throat> and, and the thing with injuries is, I I hate seeing players go down because if I want to. I don't want to beat a team because they're losing some of their best players. I want to beat a team fair and square when they have everyone firing on all cylinders. Like, right. Like, like, you know, like exactly. it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't. You, you do kind of have that sense. Like I remember when the Bucks they, they played Jameis last year. And during that game, I was so fired up for that game to watch, you know, the Bucks go against Winston. Cause Winston being the Bucks former quarterback, I was so pumped just to, I really I wanted to beat him, you know, like I just I, I wanted the Bucks to beat him um, just because of, you know, my my fan and because he did go to the Saints, who is the Bucks rival. But, you know, and then he went down on the injury and I was like, man, like, I, I don't like that. You know, I wanted to beat Jameis, mm-hmm. you know, so and we still ended up losing. But <laughs> <laughs> so but um, but yeah, we, we definitely we hate to see it, you know, and hopefully I don't know if they're going to have the cap space. So, I mean, how, how much cap space do these guys have still <laughs> after the six? And, you know, you just gave Julio six. You know, you signed all these other players. I mean, what else can – who else can we pay? I mean, can we really get J.C. Treader for that cheap? I, I'm really not sure if they can – I mean, if cap space is really that irrelevant, they can make something happen. If not, then it, they're – Probably forced to yeah, move move Shaq Mason to center and play Stinney and Gadecki at guard. Maybe that is. I mean, maybe that mm-hmm. is an option. Yeah. You know, maybe if they if they both you know show, maybe that's what they'll try and do. They'll just kind of roll that out and see if it happens. And then if not, then they just obviously they have definitely um, a lot of work ahead, and you know, not really not a lot of time to get that figured out because the center is a position that outside of the quarterback needs to really kind of see the whole field also. Mm-hmm. And he's a communicator across the line, you know, and that's why Jensen was so good. Um, so yeah, we hate to see it again, prayers for, for, for the big guy um, there. And, uh, you know, it's definitely a speedy recovery. Hopefully, you know, if the bucks make a playoff run, um, which I'm assuming pretty much everyone is, is assuming that they're going to um, hopefully maybe he can come back. You know, for for a playoff run. Yeah, it, and if it is an ACL, I mean, 
Like, imagine he comes back and he pulls, like, a Cam Akers. <laughs> He's just back in, like, six months. Oh, my gosh, man. That'd be <laughs> insane, especially for a center position. Yeah, he's a big guy, so he's putting all that weight on his knee. Like, yeah. <laughs> gosh, man, the, the recovery, I've, I heard, is definitely tough, um, you know, on that. So, But nothing but prayers for Jensen. Um, but what are the Bucks going to do now? And only time will tell. So, But I, I think that maybe moving Shaq Mason to center is going to be the best thing to do. Yeah, and we're – just to put in perspective, we're dealing with our own offensive lineman who's dealing with an ACL tear, and he's been out for almost two years now. And you say that as in referring to the Green Bay Packers, uh, yeah, right? Ba- yeah, Bakhtiari, David yeah. Bakhtiari. He, he went down in 2020. He played a meaningless game last year against the Detroit Lions at the end of the year. Don't know why. And he came into training camp this year, and he's still with the rehab team. So it, it's really a coin toss of how long this is going to take. Yeah, well, we hope nothing but the best. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what Tampa does to move forward because, obviously, um, you know, I mean, Brady has shown in the past that if he doesn't have the the greatest protection, sometimes it's not the best performance. So, I mean, we shall see. Now, granted, going back, they did just sign Julio Jones. They have a plethora of offensive weapons. So, you know, maybe Tom Brady doesn't need as much time as he used to need because no, people are just going to be open. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw a stat that uh, he actually had the fastest, like, snap to release time in the league last year. I don't like, – like, I, I believe it. Like, if, I want to say it was like 2.3 seconds he was getting the ball out of his hands. That's insane. Like, from snap to throw, about 2.3 seconds he was getting the ball out of his hands. Jeez. So, the offensive line – if he's getting the ball out that fast – if the offensive line can hold up for longer than three two, seconds, longer than three seconds, they, they can work with it, you know? Like. Yeah. Well, I mean, time again, time will tell, but let's move on to another NFC South team who uh, made some headlines this week because of their coach. Uh, and I'm referring to the Carolina Panthers. Matt rule apparently came out and said that he is not the one to pick the starting quarterback. It's the players. It, and, I understand what he's saying and referring to that because the players are going. Their play is going to be the determining factor. It's not going to be him predetermining. Okay, I want Baker because he has better stats. He's the better this, that, and the other. No, I want to see both of them on the field together, competing, and whoever comes out better, they're going to get the job. Yeah, it's more of it. He still makes the decision, but the players and their and their ability to play and their their level of play is how they pick who is the starting quarterback. So the media had a ton of fun with that, though, this week. And really, I feel like kind of blew it out of proportion. I mean, let's relax a little bit. I mean, I understand what he says is kind of an eye-opener. When, 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 you, when, you when you first hear it, it's like, whoa, like, dude, you're the head coach. Like, your job is to assemble this team. Like, what do you mean it's not your job? But – when you really look at the the fullness of the question that was asked and when his response and his full response was, look, I'm not here to make these player. It's going to be the level of play that these players play on play at, man. That's a lot of, that was a tongue twister right there. But, um, how, so it, it, he still makes the decision. That's even what he said. He's like, I'm going to make the decision, but the level of play that they play at is going to be how I determine to 
on what that decision is going to be. So, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Look, I I, I don't want to call Sam Darnold a bust quite yet because it's hard to judge a quarterback, especially in the situations that he's gone in. We just talked about Ryan Tannehill a little bit earlier, about him being under Adam Gase and then going to Tennessee Titans, you know, um, with a completely different head coach and Mike Vrabel. And, I mean, he's, he's, he's looked better than he did down in Miami. So, And then Adam Gase went on up to New York, and that's who Sam Darnold had as his head coach at his time in New York. And now he's with an unproven coach in Matt Rule. You know, so it's really hard to say like, hey, is this guy a bust? Eh, it's looking like it for sure. But I I still don't want to, I don't want to label that quite yet. You know, because you have to kind of look at the whole team. I mean, look, they were 3-0 and before Christian McCaffrey went down last year. Yeah, and, and I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a game changer. They, and you think about his situation in the Jets with with Adam Gase, and, he, and then he comes to um, the Panthers at the same time that Gase leaves the Jets, and then he starts out with the Panthers, and Christian McCaffrey goes down. Yeah. So he's a, without his best offensive weapon, and it's left up to Sam Darnold to do his best to figure it out at that point. Yeah, so it's really hard to say. But with all of that being said, I still think that Baker gets the starting position. Yeah, I mean, he he had a good – a good run the the last few years. He, he, they made it made it to the playoffs and they ran ran into the Chiefs. Uh, Anyone who runs into the Chiefs probably is going to lose, unless if you're Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, you, as, as people have been saying about Joe Burrow, he's got that dog in him, you know. <laughs> he really does, man. And I mean, like, I think that he is going to be a really good quarterback. I'm really excited. We're in a new era of football, man. You know, I grew up watching Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, I grew up watching those guys. Russell Wilson. I grew up watching those guys. But now we're in the it's, – it's starting to become the era of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. And, you know, those kind of guys. Even Kyle Murray. You know what I mean? So, like, we're definitely in a new season of NFL quarterbacks and, you know, just the totality of who is out there on the field. Um, But Baker did have a pretty solid run with the Browns, and it was with the Browns. Now, again, they had kind of a super team, quote, you know, so to speak. Kind of. You know, not really, but kind of. Because when they went to the playoffs, he didn't have Odell. It was just him and Jarvis, really, and Nick Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't like a a, because everybody wanted to label them as a super team because oh you got you got Odell Beckham and you you got Baker Mayfield you got a good offensive line you got a good running back you got you got all this that and the other but at the end of the day they they weren't on paper as good as people like to think like well they weren't healthy no they weren't healthy no and they and and even in twenty twenty they they were one of the teams that got hit the hardest with COVID too. Oh, that's right. They did. They they got pretty hard, hit hard with with COVID and all that all that stuff. So and to still make it to the playoffs, like yeah, no. And I mean, like I said, but I still I, I just I don't see that the Panthers are going to trade for a guy to say ah sit on the bench. You know, like I just I, I don't see that unless if Sam Darnold just blows the door off of Baker Mayfield and 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 his performance at training camp. I it just doesn't make sense to me. 
Why would they do that? Uh, no, and, and he's not going to make that big of a jump in development just through one year. Yeah, they, it's uh, almost like you have a franchise quarterback and then go and pick a quarterback in round one. Like, you just don't do that. I don't understand. Oh, I see what you do. Okay, <laughs> yeah, and then he sits on the bench for three years and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm referring to Jordan Love with the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> and even And even his... Time with the team is uncertain because at some point we're going to have to pay him and we don't know what we're going to do with him. But to get back to, to Baker Mayfield, I feel, I feel like it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when Matt Rule is going to pull the trigger. Yeah, and I I'm, I want to say, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. Maybe He, he might be leading up into week one and just going, nah, Baker's the guy. Or game time decision. You know, I mean, I, well... Let's hope that he doesn't do that because I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, Matt Rule seems like a different kind of guy, um, you know, in the NFL. Um, I mean, he's he had he had success at Baylor, you know, coming from Baylor. He definitely changed that organization around, made them a winning organization again, somewhat, you know, yeah. um, for Baylor standards. You know, he 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 made them good um, and relevant again. So, but when you get into the NFL, it's just a different, it's just a different beast, Mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, so who, who knows, but I just don't see Baker sitting on the bench come week one and Sam Darnold gets the starting position. No, I, I don't either. Like I said, it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of really when, when he finally decides, okay, Baker's, Baker's the guy. Yeah. Baker's going to be the guy. Um, you know, if you're a betting man, man, put money on Baker or, you know, I mean, but who knows? Don't, don't listen to me. Um, speaking of quarter, uh, teams who, um, didn't hesitate to give the starting position to their quarterback, Atlanta Falcons named Marcus Mariota, their starter after one day of training camp. Yeah. And it's, it's ironic when Desmond Ritter came out and said, I'm not leaving until I get Atlanta a Super Bowl. And then you you're the backup. Yeah, well. <laughs> hey, I, I appreciate your confidence, <laughs> but. But it's, I, I can also see the other side of it where, okay, Marcus Mariota, he's been in the league for now going on seven years now. He drafted in 2015. He's more experienced. Let Desmond sit behind him. Atlanta kind of sees that they're a bit of a dumpster fire of a team right now. <laughs> yes, they are. They really don't have anyone right now. They so, got Kyle Pitts. They got Kyle Pitts. They drafted Drake London. Who, he's a question mark right now. We don't maybe. know. Maybe. We don't know, maybe. But, and and even and on the other side of it, we're not going to be able to judge Drake with, we're going to be judging Drake London off, off of Marcus Mariota at quarterback? <laughs> well, yeah. But Marcus Mariota with the Tennessee Titans, he 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 led him to the playoffs, you know, one year. He he beat Kansas City in the wild card. And then he lost to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in, in the divisional round. So can you really blame him? No, I mean... He he's he falls into that into that stigma of quarterbacks who like to run around the field and they're more of a scrambling quarterback and they don't get much love because they're 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 a highlight reel on the field but they don't win games you know that yeah. that's kind of who he is he's like a like a lesser version of like a Lamar Jackson a Kyler Murray he's like a step below them like yeah. maybe two steps I don't know but <laughs> I, I don't know probably slower at least but. Yeah. 
Who knows? But when Marcus Mariota, when he was with the Tennessee Titans and he did make the playoffs, his stats weren't the greatest, honestly. He had 2,500 yards, 11 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and then he ran for 357 yards and 2 touchdowns. So, I mean, in total, he got the team 13 touchdowns, but only 2,500 yards passing. Now, granted, you have Derrick Henry in the backfield, which I understand Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry. He's a monster of a guy. I mean, the fact that that man just continues to run at the level that he does with all the wear and tear that he has gone through over the course of his career, starting all the way back in high school, is just insane. Um, So, but, you know, he he had a decent team around him, though, if you really looked at it. You have Derrick Henry, like I said, in the backfield. You have uh, Janu Smith, who is a solid tight end. He's, He's a good tight end, big physical tight end. Corey Davis, who was he was you know fresh in the league. Who again, he's not a he's not a standout receiver, but he's definitely a, a pretty solid receiver. Um, you know, decent O line, decent defense. Nothing again, nothing that really like stood out on paper. But when you look at Marcus Mariota now with the Atlanta Falcons, it market like they need someone to really like lead the team to wins and i just don't see marcus mariota doing that no no <laughs> he he wouldn't be like a last ditch effort by the atlanta falcons of all teams if he was that guy like right he, he, and, and like you said his stats weren't the greatest but when you got a guy in the backfield who is built like a defensive lineman and can tote the ball 30 times a game if he needs to like it, you're not going to have the greatest stats as a quarterback at the same time. So Right. So, I mean, give or take, you know, he also has Cordell Patterson, um, which is kind of the utility knife of that offense. He plays receiver. He plays running back. I think he even – I mean, he threw the ball a couple of times last year. Like, so, I mean, who who knows? I mean, but Atlanta Falcons, let's not get over uh, – Marcus Mariota ain't leading you guys to, you know, the Super Bowl or even a playoff um, berth. I think that I think this is more so of Mark. Hey, Marcus, you're going to be the starter. We brought you in here. We paid you. Um, now, granted, we still went after Deshaun Watson. It looks like we were going to get him, and then he was like, "Nope, going to go to the Cleveland Browns." So, um, yeah, I mean, when you look at the options, you got Desmond Ritter. Again, you don't know who Desmond Ritter is. He could be good. He could not be. He's a rookie. He just got drafted. I mean, he's obviously very um, optimistic of himself, promising a Super Bowl to the city of Atlanta. Um, you got a, you got a long road ahead of you, my friend. You got a long road ahead of you. So I think that this is more so of, hey, Marcus, we're going to give you the starting position, um, but we also need you to kind of show Desmond Ritter the ropes. And uh, give Desmond Ritter some time to just kind of get accumulate, a- acclimated. Thank you, acclimated to the NFL, and um, you know, and then just kind of see from there. But I want to be surprised if, man, I mean, like week seven, Atlanta's like completely defeated, and Desmond just hey start. Hey, you get, know, you get some reps. Here you go. Like- right. Exactly. <laughs> so. Um, but you know what? It's after the first day of training camp. Who's to say that in the preseason he maybe he doesn't win the starting job? I doubt it, but I mean maybe. We'll we'll definitely see. I mean, it, they've pretty much taken the Seattle Seahawks approach to this of okay, let's bring in 
the cheapest quarterback we can find. Yeah. We'll we'll get a top probably a top five draft pick next year. We'll yeah. We'll work with that. You know. And the quarterback draft ne- class next year might be pretty solid. It, it very well could be like because compared to this year, it, and it's weird because the quarterback classes that people usually say are like oh, this kind of sucks. It kind of they usually pan out, but the ones yeah. that get all the hype. They don't typically pan out. That's the by by the the ones that get the hype by the fans. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like they. Yeah, well, because I think that that's just the expectation level at that point. So is it really that they were that good, or was it just like, hey, our expectations weren't that high? It, it, yeah, it, like it's a coin toss, and I think people are they'll base it off of like, especially people who don't watch a lot of college football. They'll see right. who they're team drafted and just sit there and watch highlight reels of mm-hmm. that player and their highlights for a reason yeah they they're, they're there's a reason it's only like a 10 minute video it's not that's not every play they had in college right um, it's not actual film study it's just hey these are the plays that i did good at now i'm gonna combine them all into one video and you're gonna think that i'm some ridiculous athlete and everything else like that and i'm really not you know so yeah, yeah. it's just one of those things where uh, I don't know if if but if Marcus Mariota wins the Atlanta Falcons five game this year this year, you know again what's our expectations right now? You know so if Marcus Mariota wins five games with the Atlanta Falcons this year, we might be going oh Marcus Mariota's a pretty decent quarterback. <laughs> you, you know <laughs> like, like who knows <laughs> like in a world where. Blaine Gabbert led the Jaguars to an AFC championship. Anything's possible. <laughs> you mean Blake Bortles? Oh, Blake Bortles. Yeah, Blake Bortles. Not Blake Gabbert. Um, yeah. No, Blaine Gabbert's the backup for Tom Brady right now. Yeah. He has the best job in the league. But wasn't Blaine in ja- – Blaine was in Jacksonville at one point. Blaine was in Jacksonville at okay, one point. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, no, so not... you weren't losing your mind completely. No, no, no. No, no, no. Remember, I can only be the non-sane one on this podcast. Uh, okay, okay yeah, so. yeah, I got it. But speaking of the Atlanta Falcons and their expectations, um, we're going to break down the NFC South. And kind of like last week, it's the tale of two teams. You know, you got the you got the overachievers and you got the underachievers here. So and the Atlanta Falcons, I have in dead last for the NFC South. I actually have them only winning one game this year. Yeah, I was right there with you. I I believe I had them going two and 15. So it's. It's kind of like uh, maybe Marcus Mariota surprises us for one, maybe two games, but they they they're they're, uh, they're on a fast track for a top three overall pick, like, if not the number one pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're probably fighting with Seattle. I would say. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So I I just I, I don't know. I Atlanta Falcons. I don't have a lot of expectations for. Um, it's just uh, the schedule doesn't favor them. Their team. Is I mean they're just not good. They're just they're not put together. You know I mean Matt Ryan isn't even the quarterback anymore, so they he can't bring them to life. You know like he just can't do that. So it's one of those things where it's like all right, well I mean now what? Well you rely on Marcus Mariota and you hope for the best. But again I think that we're only going to be looking at a one win team this year with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, and to be honest, they might. They're going to rely on Kyle Pitts. They're going to rely on Cordero Patterson in the the running game, the play action. They're going to try to probably utilize Cordero and Kyle as as much as they can. Yeah. And if Drake London pans out, it's, that's that's great. But well, it's a big question mark of okay, we got Drake London, you got Desmond Ritter. 
we'll we'll see how things pan out for them, but I, yeah. I don't see it working for them. And I mean, honestly, Kyle Pitts only got one touchdown last year. He had a good year overall, but he only had one touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's like you know, he's we're gonna have to have. I mean, he is now. Granted, I still think that Kyle Pitts is a is a very gifted tight end. I think that he's one of the best tight ends in the league, even just this being his second year. Um, so I definitely believe that you know you can kind of lean on him as your offensive target. But when everyone knows who you're going to, and you have a not so you you don't have like a top ten quarterback or a top five quarterback in the NFL who can really manipulate the defense and you know and their reads and everything else like that, I, it's going to be easy. Hey, cover Kyle Kyle Pitts, you know, just like freaking triple triple, you know, cover him, you know, and give up on everyone else again if drake london pans out that's going to help out the whole kyle pitt situation but i had the falcons going one and 16 you agree with me coming into solid third place is uh the carolina panthers i have them winning three games this year (laughs) (laughs) i know i said you know sign sign my petition for the panthers to win the division no one signed it (laughs) no one no one signed nobody probably will sign it because when you really take a step back and look at their schedule it's rough yeah, unless, unless Baker Mayfield plays lights out and Christian McCaffrey is back to being Christian McCaffrey, which he very well could be. But again, is it gonna be an injury? It could be an injury, and a, and you don't know what the the chemistry is gonna be between um, you know, you know Baker Mayfield and say DJ Moore because DJ Moore is cl- the clear number one receiver. Yep, and. You know, I'm curious to see what Robbie Anderson's going to do because he didn't want Baker there in the first place. And if he's got to deal with him. Well, I mean, he did rebuttal that after Baker Mayfield came to the Carolina Panthers. And I think any professional would. But yeah. <laughs> it was it was funny at first when it, when you see the Instagram comment, who's going, no, huh? no, no, bring him here. No, God, please. <laughs> Just... No, God, no, please, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously Robbie Anderson didn't want Baker Mayfield at quarterback, and Matt Rule said Merry Christmas and gave him Baker Mayfield at quarterback. So, um, but, again, it's just three – I see them winning three games. You you said it. You hit it right on the head. The The schedule doesn't favor them. They don't have a great defense. Their offense is very limited as far as to what they can do. Again, if Christian McCaffrey – becomes Christian McCaffrey again, he stays healthy, yes, maybe they might win a couple more games. But I'm not giving them more than maybe five or six games this year. But I I predict them being 3-14 and 14 at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And, and to go with their defense, I'd say the strongest part of their defense is probably the secondary because you, you figure they got Stephon Gilmore still. Oh, that's right. They, they, do, they do have uh, Stephon Gilmore. And then J.C. Horn, the other corner that they drafted, who isn't uh, bad? He's not bad. He could take a he could really take a leap this year at corner. Yeah. I feel like, and it, I, I don't know. They're they're the they're. I would say they're the question mark of the division. They are the question mark of the division, but I don't think that they're a threat to that division. It, a, a lot of things have to fall into place for them to be a threat. A lot of things. Like uh, a lot of uh, things. Yeah, Baker has to have. A career year. Christian McCaffrey probably has to have a career year for. Yeah, and for, even at then they might win seven or eight games. Uh, yeah, they might barely 
they they'd be like on the outside just looking into the playoffs maybe. Yeah. But it, and then they they got to deal with Tampa and they they also have to deal with the Saints. Saints. So and you I see you have the Saints going 12 and 5. I I do you. have the 12. I I do have the Saints going 12 and 5. And I get it. From a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, I should have them going 0-17. But let's just be real really quick, okay? Their defense, I had them as one of my top three defenses this year going into the league. Their defense is very good. They're very solid. Their defensive coordinator just got promoted to head coach. So he's already been around a team. It's not like he's he's a, he's the new guy in town and he's going to try and make his own way. He's already established in the New Orleans Saints system. He already has um you know the locker room chemistry with the guys and everything else like that. He just changed his title, and so I think the defense is going to really elevate over this. They have all the pieces around them. They do have Michael Thomas back. Mm-hmm. They do have Michael Thomas back, and I feel like they're that. They're in that L.A. Rams situation as my, my and I, and I know you're gonna hate to hear this, but they're in that L.A. Rams situation where I feel like they have everything in place. They just need the quarterback. Yep. They just need the quarterback. So and and imagine a world where is it, what if what if they got Deshaun Watson? I know he's already Ooh. with the Browns, but what if what if they were the ones to get Deshaun Watson around that? That offense with Kamara, Michael Thomas. It, like, <laughs> it would be – no, it would definitely be a different story, and I would probably have them winning a couple more games. Yeah. I really would because you have to think about it. The defense we've seen now over the last several years, but more specifically over the last two years, the defense have won the championships. The defensive teams have won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that it, old saying, defense wins championships, it still reigns true today, even in an offensive favored league. Yeah, and you you look back at the past years, you had Tampa Bay Tampa Bay had the Kansas City Chiefs in a box. Like they, yes. they, 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 they they were in a cage. They weren't going anywhere. And, and <laughs> the Rams and the Bengals, they the Rams took advantage of the fact that the Bengals had a beat-up offensive line. Yep. So did every other team in the league. But <laughs> Yeah, well, Tennessee Titans definitely did in that yeah. playoff game. And they still lost. And they still uh, lost. <laughs> and then um, even going all the way back to like like when the Rams and Patriots played, Bill Belichick's defense won them that, won them that game. Like, yeah, <laughs> so defense wins championships, so you can't overlook that. Again, it's the big question mark as, okay, what is Jameis Winston going to do? Are you going to get... I can promise you this. He'll throw at least 15 interceptions. That, and that's just in his nature. Yeah. They, like that, That's how his brain is... That's wide. a good year for Jameis. Yeah, that's a good year for Jameis. <laughs> that's a good Going year. Going off a year where he threw 31 year, uh, 30-some one year, it, it, he, 15 would be a blessing. But, <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at Jameis, he, he, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Is he? Are you going to get... The weird stat line he had last year against the Packers where he throws five touchdowns like 150 yards and he protects the ball? Or is he going to be coming out guns a-blazing, I'll throw five touchdowns, but I'm going to throw six interceptions? Like, Well, and that's the thing, and that's why I had them at 12-5 and five, because I still think that he can show that, but he's just not consistent enough to get them over the over the hump to win the consecutive, the consecutive games to get them better than a 12 and 5 record. I don't I I can see them making the playoffs. I don't have a problem with that. I can see them making the playoffs. 
I can see them even maybe winning a playoff game. But when it gets down to the final teams, when it gets down to the teams who are really established, you're going to look at the quarterback position. Look at all the quarterbacks who were in the final in the in the championships games last year. You had Matthew Stafford, you had Patrick Mahomes, you had Joe Burrow, and then you had Jimmy G. Jimmy G was probably the the least favored as far as like the top quarterbacks. You know, so I mean, when you get down to the to the final teams, it does yes, defense does play a pivotal pivotal role, but the quarterbacks it, just look at it. You know, I don't think that um, Jameis Winston is going to be a Trent Dilfer where the defense just carried him into that Super Bowl and then won him that Super Bowl. No, that is not a 2000 Ravens defense. No, that it is not a 2000 Ravens defense. <laughs> it is a good defense, but it is not one of the best defenses to have ever graced the NFL field. <laughs> so we have to remember that, like, look, Jameis Winston is going to have the games where he balls out. That's just what he does. But we're also going to have the games where it comes down to, hey, I need you to drive down the field and I need you to win us the game. And he's going to throw the interception or he's going to fumble the ball or he's just not going to he's just not going to make it happen. You know, and I say that just based off of what we've seen at the end of the day, I can only go off of what we've seen. And that's what we've seen throughout the career of Jameis Winston. Yeah. And he's got the pieces around him to do Something special with this team is well. He had the pieces around him in Tampa. Yeah, and, and he, he and, had and, the pieces around him in Tampa, and he he didn't do it. But I, I feel I feel like he's developed at least a little bit into being more, not being how do how do I word this? Being more of that quote unquote system quarterback, following what the coaches want, and not just like okay, I'm going to go for the big play. If that makes any sense. Yeah. But but even when you look back at that game that you referenced about the Green Bay Packers, the week one last year, when he put up five touchdowns, 100 and I think it was like 50 yards, 54 yards or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. If you look at some of those touchdowns, he just threw it up. Like running backwards. He like was running away from the play and he just threw it over his shoulder basically. And it, it was caught for a touchdown. And I remember that game sadly, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but instead, of, I remember the commentators being like, instead of saying, "Wow, what a what a catch by the receiver," they they were saying, "Wow, what a throw by Jameis." Yeah, <laughs> like, like, no, it was a terrible throw. Yeah, it was. What do you mean? What are we doing <laughs> playing backyard football here? I mean, come on, man. Jeez. We're playing trick shots over here, <laughs> getting that X, XP, you know what I mean, for those trick shots, completing those Madden, those Madden challenges, so then that way we can get, you know, more, more done. My goodness, man, no. It was a great catch by the – look, you do that in the NFL only one out of ten times of that, does that end up in the, um, in the touchdown. No. The other nine times, that's either a complete – that's an incompletion or that's an interception. Yeah. And the X factor that I'm I'm curious to see out of the Saints' office, I'm on a Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry. I've I've seen enough of them. They drafted Chris Olave. They did. Who can be a very good slot receiver? Mm-hmm. And, and if he pans out, and you've got Taysom Hill at tight end, still, you know, yeah, Kamara on the backfield, they they're they're going to be the pesky team in their division. Very much so. I agree. That's why, again, I have them at 12-5. and But let's go to who I think is going to win the division. 
And I I don't have the Bucks going seventeen to no, so you can't say that I was completely biased. I actually only see them squeaking by to win the division at thirteen and four, and they have a really tough schedule, so that could easily be changed into a ten and seven or an eleven and six record. I mean, yeah, I can't help but notice you got them beating my Packers week three in Tampa, but well, I wasn't gonna have. Listen, I'm not gonna give you false hope, okay? I don't know. That might. I'm be, your friend. I shouldn't do yeah, that. Yeah, to yeah you. I know, but I, I want us to have our revenge game. Not in Tampa. Not not in the heat of Tampa. Aaron Rodgers doesn't do good in the heat. Period. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do good in the heat. Well, you 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 don't know. That's the- I do know. <laughs> I've seen it year after year after year. He comes to okay. The Saints, where do they play? They didn't play in New Orleans. They played in Jacksonville, Florida, in the heat of the summer in Florida. Yeah, and I know. They and, lost. And, and they Sean Payton, crumbled. Yeah, and Sean, and it was more so, and I, I not to get off track here, but I, I will, but Sean Payton, Sean Payton's a smart guy. He, he knew what he was doing. He is a smart guy, and he does know what he's doing, but you are also looking at a quarterback who never turns the ball over. And when he has – the games that I have seen him play in Florida during the heat of the sum, – you're from Wisconsin. You're down here now in Florida. You feel this heat. It ain't fun, no, okay? Humidity. So, yeah. listen, the air is thick. It's hard to breathe. It, it's not fun, okay? So, when I looked at the Saints, the, the Saints game last year, he threw two interceptions, okay? Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions. When you look at the game against Tampa a couple of years ago, again, in early in the year when it was hot and it was and it was a four o'clock game, so that sun was blistering at that point. What did he do? He threw, I think, another two or three interceptions. I can't remember. He doesn't do good in the heat. I'm basing it off of what I've seen. I'm not doing it because I want your Packers to lose. I'm doing it because I I have seen them lose in the situations that they are in. If that was in Green Bay, I might have put an L in that category. <laughs> but it's you gotta you gotta. But we've you also gotta lost. But, but we've I know and I I've, I know and, and we've lost in Green Bay to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before, so it, it doesn't seem to matter where we play, but. <laughs> you brought it up, not me. Yeah, it doesn't see when you really think about it, it doesn't really seem to matter where we play. But the Buccaneers do have one of the toughest schedules in football. Yes. They do. I I and I heard it and when I initially saw the schedule, I was like, wow, this is gonna be a, a rough year for us. And then when I was just kind of going over it over the week, I was like, Wow, I really don't know. Like, I just, I don't know. I have them sweeping the Falcons and the Panthers. I have them splitting the division with the Saints. Okay, I'm going to give the Saints the win in New Orleans. I'm going to give us the win in Tampa. I just kind of, you know, did a coin flip with that one. But there's games in there that I have us winning, like, against the Rams. I have us beating the Rams. Because I feel like, hey, you know what? Payback. Payback from last year. We came back on them in the playoffs. And we lost. We blew it because we decided to leave, you know, the best receiver in the league pretty much alone. Right up the middle of the field. So we decided to blitz everyone. So anyway, I feel like that might be a revenge game. But that could easily be a loss for us. I have us um, 
I think I have us actually losing against Cincinnati because of their offensive receivers. I don't know if our secondary can keep up with that. But that could, again, we could win that game. Hey, they, they still got Eli Apple at corner, and I, I saw the, the clip of him against Jamar Chase in training camp. And he, and oh, yeah, no, I'm not worried about the, so the, I'm not worried about the Bengals. Like, like, Mike Evans might have a record game that if he's, if We he, might see Prime Julio in that game. Imagine they they put Julio on Eli Apple. Bye. Bye. See ya. He might have <laughs> done. There, there, there's there's Touchdown. there's Julio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is I don't know if the secondary of Tampa can match the offensive weapons of Cincinnati. Yeah. I just I don't know. Yeah. But again, we could win that game instead of losing that game. We have a game against the Ravens, and as much as I wanted to knock the Ravens when you were so high on them. Uh, who knows? You know, I mean, who, who, who truly knows? So there's so many games in this schedule that I just don't know about. And at the end of the day, it's a toss up. Again, this record could easily be 10 and seven or 11 and six. I don't see us. I don't see us losing more than seven games at the very most. Cause I, I still have to consider the, the fact Tom Brady is at quarterback he came out of retirement to come back and play. And although no quarterback in the NFL is playing just to play, they are playing to win the Super Bowl. When you have Tom Brady actually wanting to win and like a, a true like motive mm-hmm. <laughs> outside of his just unreal competitiveness, yeah, I, I don't know. We might see a Tom Brady that we've never seen before, and that's kind of scary to think about even coming from a Bucks fan. Yeah, Tom Brady, he, he's obviously the ultimate competitor. You see it in games, and especially in playoff games, where you, you'll see him get into players' faces. Like I've never seen Tom get in another player's face like that. Like, like, yeah, like, just, he just – another – it comes out. Like him and him and the Honey Badger <laughs> went after it. Yeah, they And went. now they're going to see each other twice a year because the Honey Badger's on the Saints. Mm-hmm. So now we'll see if we get to see more, more of that. And then them getting into each other's faces and everything, and and just he's he is the ultimate competitor, and like you said, he's coming back with with one one thing in mind. He wants to ride off into the sunset and win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and then go and get paid thirty seven and a half million dollars a year from Fox. <laughs> so, listen, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun year at the end of the day. At the end of the day, this year is going to be really, really fun. I feel like there's going to be a lot of games that are very competitive, especially with kind of all the offseason moves that happen. The The NFL is getting a little bit more exciting with the offseason as far yeah. as moves and de- trade deadlines and everything mm-hmm. else like that. Um, but let's hope that just everyone stays healthy. Again, prayers out for Ryan Jensen. Man, speedy recovery for you. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we, we hate to see that. But – I believe that, you know, Todd Bowles is uh he's a he's a pretty smart guy and you know, I mean, Jason Light is bent amazing at bringing in guys. So, maybe we can see, you know, some holes being filled, but we both are, are you with me? Is yeah, the, is it, the Bucks going to win? Are the Bucks going to win the NFC South? I think they win it by the skin of their teeth. Well, 13 and 4 and 12 and 5. Yeah, so it, they win it by by the the sheer fact that I, I like Tom Brady's going to win you three or four games. It's just on his own. Like, like, like yeah, yeah. Like he'll, he'll, and that can be against the Atlanta Falcons and the 
Carolina Panthers. Yeah, yeah. So when you look at it, you got you got to figure two pretty evenly matched up teams. One's got Brady, one's got Winston. So I, I, I'm going to give the edge to Brady. Obviously. Okay. So both of us have the Bucks winning the NFC South. Those are going to be your champs. Put it on paper. Go ahead, bet on it. Don't actually bet on it. I always say that. Don't do that because I don't want I don't want anyone coming back on me and saying that I lost them fifty thousand dollars or something crazy like that. <laughs> <laughs> so don't don't do that. No, don't but, don't don't do that. No, gambling bad habit. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Anyway, so. I think that about does it for this episode. Next week, we will be breaking down the AFC South. Training camp is... Oh, it's active, dude. (laughs) Let's go. It is active. It is great. It's just great to see just the rookies and and all the veterans coming back in full uniform and everything with pads and everything. It's just... Football's back. Even the padded helmets. The, the, the shells. The, they're, yeah. they're back. They're back. We got them. Football is back. Football, oh my gosh, man. I'm waking up and and I'm seeing stuff on Twitter and on social media and on a good morning football. And it's back. We have the players in the facility, man. I can't tell you how excited I am. You'll be you'll be seeing hallucinations like when you start trying to see the uh, Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just, well. Just need you to know that. So, thank you everybody for uh, ever for listening, all the support, and we will see you all next week. We will see you all next week, and uh, yeah, like it or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that good jazz. Continue to listen. If you love, if you like this podcast, share it. We're growing. We're getting more and more listeners, and we are excited, man. We are definitely thankful for everyone who has been supporting us. But we will be back next Wednesday. You know the time, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Football is back. Let's go.